Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. As you get older in life, you begin to you begin to look at your life and you begin to look at things around you in a little bit different perspective. The oldest first left. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Now this, again, friends, was not done on some back road someplace. This was done from what we gather in the first part of this chapter in the temple. They were very clever to stage it so Jesus' words saying don't stone her or take her away and stone her or whatever would be heard in the front of all the people so that the people then would revolt against Jesus. So they created an episode. And so it was just Jesus was left alone. Not alone without a crowd around him, but those that were the accusers were gone. And by the way, Jesus is the one that takes away your accusers. If you don't know God's word, you will be condemned by them because they don't know God's grace. All they know is judgment. I want to be around people who understand Mercy triumphs over judgment. Maybe you don't need mercy today in your life. Looking good and feeling good, I'm cruising with the surf duke. But I guarantee you there will be a time in your life where you'll need mercy. You'll need mercy from God. You'll need mercy from your fellow Christians. You'll need somebody to come up and put their arm around you and say, Hey, buddy, as a matter of fact, I love you. See, really, it derails gossip. It just takes it away. Yeah, that person's a real skunk. Yeah, he sure is. I'm a skunk too. You know, when we realize that this side of heaven, we're not going to always do things right. We want to, but we don't always do it right. Well, she's all alone with Jesus. And Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman said to her, woman, and by the way, this is what it talks about here, saw no one but the woman speaking of her accusers because he says, woman, where are the accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? You know, it's funny, when you put Jesus in the mix, the condemnation goes away. Always remember that. The devil wants to condemn us. You're no good. You're rotten. There's no hope for you. You'll never be anything more than you are right now. You might as well just jump off the bridge. That's the devil. God says, I forgive you. I love you. I'll restore you. I can make it better. I'm the first and the last, beginning and the end. I know how to fix this. I shared last week. There's a lot of world religions out there. Uh, and, and, and in their world religions, they always have a path to get right with God. You know, burn so many incense 
sticks. Or chant so many mantras. Or pray so many Hail Marys. Or uh, pull a rabbit out of a hat. There's always a way they offer to get right with their God. Bow five times towards Mecca. But the Bible says all we do for forgiveness is ask as a Christian. But something Jesus offers, no other religion offers in the world. God's redemptive restoration. God fixes things. They don't offer any fix. Well, you know, you went out and did these things. Go do, and they give you the list of what you got to go do. But God doesn't, the focus isn't on getting right with God in that of what I do. God's already made us right through Jesus Christ. Now God says, let's fix it. Let's restore it. What needs to be restored in your life today? We need to be healed. Minds, bodies, thoughts, dreams, all those things can be broken. God is the one that rebuilds that. No other religion in the world offers restoration. It's all, well, you might be good enough, maybe, if you get out there and do a lot of good things, wear blue and sell Twinkies. Knock on doors. Show you're worthy. What does God do? Jesus said, come to me, all you are laboring, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. God is the one that fixes it. And even in heaven, the Bible says God wipes away every tear from their eye. I don't know what the tears in heaven are about. I don't know whether they get to heaven, look at everything that's up there and go, wow, God, I wish I could have done so much more for you. Maybe it's when they get to heaven, they look around and they think about the life that they had gone through. In fact, most of that comes out of the great tribulation period and there's going to be a lot of really bad stuff that goes down during that time. God wipes away every tear from their eye, but God fixes it. I like a God that fixes things. I've shared with you before, my daddy could fix anything. At least in my mind he could. Whether it was a bicycle or whether it was a, 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 a radio, he knew how to fix stuff. So the concept of having a dad, a heavenly father that can fix things, is very fresh in my mind. If you don't have, maybe you've never met your real earthly father. You need a father image. You need a father image that knows how to fix what's wrong. Not just wipe away every tear from our eyes. Not just to heal us. Not just to enjoy the mercy that triumphs over judgment. But that we have a daddy that fixes things. So Jesus says to her, woman, where are your cruisers? Has no one condemned you? Now verse 11 is so sweet. And she said, no one, Lord. She calls him Lord. Now this is important because it's... In the Bible, there's a lot of different salvation prayers. In fact, on every man and answer sometimes, somebody will come in and say, well, where did we come up with the whole idea of the, of the salvation prayer? Is that in the Bible? No, but it's a condensation, you might say, of several verses in the Bible, whether it be the prayer that Jesus taught the disciples to pray, our Father which art in heaven, to really us confessing our sins and letting God cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's kind of a combination there. 
This is probably one of the other shortest salvation prayers in the Bible. No one, Lord. In fact, I checked this out in the Greek. And, and it's the word kairos, which is speaking of God, speaking of Lord. Now, the New International Version Bible, NIV, is, is not a very good translation of the Bible. Just to let you all know that. You might have that Bible. I'm not saying go home and, you know, have a great Bible burning party or anything like that. I'm just saying when you read the NIV, read it with one kind, kind of skeptical because you find a lot of things that aren't accurate. They changed the Greek word for Lord to Sir. It's wrong. In fact, I went through and looked. The New American Standard uses the word Lord. Old King James uses the word Lord. Almost every version of the Bible uses the word Lord based upon the original Greek. You say, why is that important? Because she was facing the death sentence and she calls Jesus Lord. It's important. Not sir. What kind of a confession is that? NIV translators. It's not accurate. She says, no one, Lord. Again, the word there is uh, kairos, or chronos, excuse me. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That's the message of Jesus. Go and sin no more. But what if I do? Oh, this is a question that a lot of people need to ask. In fact, I've talked to people that say, well, I'd accept Christ as my Savior, but I'm always afraid I'll do something else wrong. And sometimes the way I see Christians react to other Christians when they do something wrong, I can't run away from Christians fast enough. Well, unfortunately, that's true. That's true. If they're real Christians, though, you don't have that problem. Because when we're around real people who love God, who know God's word, we realize mercy triumphs over justice. Do you want justice in your life or do you want mercy in your life? Now, the family of God and the individual Christian, it's an interesting thing the way God works. What you receive from God, you can give. What you get from God, you can give. What you get from God, you can give. You've been born again, you can lead people to Christ. You've been baptized, you can baptize. You've been filled with the Spirit, you can pray for people to be filled with the power of God. If you receive mercy from God, you give mercy. But if you're living under judgment, under condemnation, What's going to come out of you? Look what they did. And when I hear somebody do that, and I see copped attitudes, I go, you've never been forgiven by God. You may go to church every Sunday. You may think you know it all. But friend, you have completely missed the whole message of Christ. The message of Christ is... His great love for us. Mercy triumphs over judgment. We are all sinners saved 
by grace. There is none righteous, no, not one. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus just gave this woman a stay of execution. The command was, go and sin no more. I I think this woman probably got it. Now, what's important in this picture here? What if I do sin as a Christian? Well, you're lost, dreadful, sorry, Clementine. Let's all go home because, you know, no. What's the antidote for that? We looked at what James had to say about mercy triumphs over judgment. What does John, another disciple, say? If we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, which is Christ Jesus. We have a lawyer who pleads our case. You need that. Do you think, you know, oh, everybody has got this picture of the devil being down in hell with his pitchfork selling fireworks on the 4th of July. Boink, boink. By the way, that pitchfork with the three, three tongs on the end, that didn't come from Captain Nemo. That came from the Old Testament priest. It's called a flesh hook. And when the priests would offer up the offering and they would boil the fat, they would stick that trident into the meat and that's what they would put it in. Or if they were fishing meat out of the boiling pot, that's what they would use. It's interesting that they always picture a devil with one of those. Well, the point is simply this. God has reached out to us. Not to condemn us, but to redeem us. The devil is not down in the fire and the flames. Not yet. He's going there. You go to the book of Job. You look at the writings of Paul. He accuses the brethren day and night. And I think Jesus goes, I died for that person. Say no more. I think the devil gets angry. We know that he has access to not only heaven, but earth, because God says, where you been, Lucifer? He says, I've been cruising the earth, low-riding. What did you find? The whole world is corrupt and rotten. This is a Mike paraphrase. Check it out, book of Job. God says, have you considered my servant Job? Oh, hit a nerve. Well, the only reason he loves you is because you put a hedge around him. I mean, you've given him good health and money. I mean, who wouldn't love you if you had all that stuff? You take that stuff away from you, it'll curse you to your face. And God says, okay, you can do that. Can't touch his health, but you can do that. And so we remember the catastrophes that came to Job. But Job never cursed God. He cursed the day he was born. It revealed to him who his friends really were, which really wasn't many. And then God restored him back. The point is this. The devil doesn't get anywhere in heaven accusing God about you to him. What's the other place he can go? To you. You good for nothing, low down bums come. Look what you did. And if you don't arm yourself with the word of God, God's truth. Yeah, I am. I am. um. And we begin to believe the lies of the enemy. Now, is it true? 
We're sinners saved by grace. Yes. But here's what's great news. When you add Jesus into your life, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. That is the commission from God. Go and sin no more. So that's what we do, saints. That's what we do. We just simply say, okay, God, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. Yesterday is gone. You can let yesterday paralyze you, your business, or whatever it might be from yesterday. You'll never go any farther. You'll never go any farther. But when you let God do something new in your life, King David said his promises are new every morning. Why do you think David said that? Was David a person that never had a problem, a trial, an issue in his life? No, his his life was replete with problems, issues, and tribulations. But what did he say? His promises are new every morning. Why is that? Because today is a brand new day. New day. Don't let those things... Learn from them yesterday. Like he said, go and sin no more. But we learn from those when we say, okay, God, thank you for reminding me your promises are new. That I can trust you. What you say will be what you say I will trust you. And the Bible says he will do what he says he's going to do. Pray that your sins are forgiven. Because if your sins are not forgiven, that means you're living in the muck and the mire of yesterday. I don't know how you even get up and put your shoes on. You need to get that stuff out of your life. But I can't. It's like like glue. It sticks to everything. It's like trying to get gum off the bottom of your shoe, and then it's on your fingers, and then it's on your face, and pretty soon you just got it all over you. That's the way sin is. You You need Jesus. You see, God takes our condemnation, the things wrong away. God, in place of judgment, because we're always living under that feeling we're not good enough. The reason why we don't feel we're good enough, friends, I don't want to hurt your feelings, we're not. But what makes us good is God. That allows us to do something new today without being paralyzed by yesterday. Oh, I learned from yesterday. But that's not going to hold me back. God does something new. His promises are new every morning. Question. Are you living in judgment? Or are you living in mercy? If you're living in mercy, you will exude mercy. If you're living in judgment, you will exude judgment. Have you ever been around somebody that... you got acid coming out of their mouth. They're living in judgment. I like to look at a person like that and say, You know what? You need to get saved. Well, I've been going to church. I am saved. I don't think so. Because if you really were saved, you wouldn't act the way you act. Because you're exuding judgment, not mercy. So that tells me you've never tasted of the mercy of God to really realize, to see who you are. Because you add Jesus into any situation. Where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Jesus said, I don't condemn you either. Live in the freedom of Christ. You will be a different person when you live in that freedom. Not what I think of me. There's TV preachers that say, oh, you know, I'm so beautiful. Just think of yourself when you look in the mirror and say, I'm so beautiful. 
When I look in the mirror, I go, you know, Jesus, you're beautiful because this old dude ain't going to make it. God is what's good about you and me. When we receive from God, we give God. When we receive mercy, we give mercy. If you're living in the old, you're going to somehow... And that's what being critical of others is about. Because, you know, I'm really a scumbucket. And, and that person over there is a bigger scumbucket than I am. So, I, 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 did you see what they do? They're, they're really... The law says we should stone them. What do you say? Love, friends. It's what people are looking for. It's what people are looking for in their homes. That's what people are looking for in a church. And there ain't much in a church anymore. So we, we want to we be different. We want to let God do that. How do, I, how do I do that then? Just remember how much God's forgiven you for. And you go, wow, God, thank you. Thank you that you have forgiven me for so much. And now I'm free to live in you each day. Well, either the past will paralyze you. Or the past will remind you how much God has forgiven us for. And that, friends, is what real love is. If you've never asked Christ in your life, you're living under that judgment, the weight of yesterday, come to Christ this morning. We're going to pray right now. And you can ask Jesus to come into your life. The Bible says he will. Take shit your word. We just pray and say, okay, God, from this day forward, I want to be about your business. And the Bible says he'll forgive us. You know, the Bible says if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love that. It's what I need. It's what I need. If you need to pray, let's pray. And uh, see what God is going to do in your life. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life this morning. Your word says... If I confess my sins, you'll forgive me. So, Lord, I confess I'm a sinner. And I need your grace. And I need your love. And I need your mercy to flow out of me as you flow into me. And so, from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. Thank you for not condemning me. But thank you for forgiving me. And so now may I represent you well in a world that doesn't know you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to do your best in this world. And so God, thank you for eternal life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.